Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. How is everyone this week? What has been happening? This week is a little bit different from what I said it was going to be. I've had a little bit of an issue with COVID in my house. I'm okay, um, but we have an issue there, so I can't get Jacob to do the podcast this week, but he'll be fine for that next week. Um, So today I'm doing the podcast about the book that I just read about why we sleep. So I'm just changing the weeks about a little bit, um, but it's really good. This is a really interesting podcast anyway, and I was really excited to do this podcast. So I've got it. I've just sat for like, I don't know, like two hours going through this book and getting all the important um, topics out of this book to share with you today. It is a crazy amazing book, this book. I really enjoyed it. If you do enjoy this podcast, please give this book a read because there's a lot that I can't include in this podcast. It took me about a month to read this book, so I can't um, relay a month's worth of information, (laughs) you know, to you. So if you would like to read this book, I would seriously recommend it. It is a fascinating, fascinating book. Um, and I really, really enjoyed reading it. So if you are interested in sleep, like I've always been interested in sleep and obviously it's benefits for our health. Um, and this is basically what he talks about, but there's a lot of different concepts in this book. It isn't just about improving your health, um, or, you know, talking about dreaming and all these things. I'll basically the main thing is the new sleep, the new sleep, (laughs) the new science of sleep and dreams. So it's a really interesting one. There's a lot in this about dreams um, and about the different functions of sleep. The A lot of different things, um, a lot of t- different topics are in this book and it is fascinating, so fascinating. But I'm going to be talking about the things that I think you guys will be most interested in hearing today. Um, and this is because I think the message that this book is sending is really, really important. And I think that the main things in here I'd like to communicate with you in a quick in quite a quick way because I think it's so important Um, I think it's such an important thing to get out and to get out fast so that people can be more aware of their sleep and the benefits of it and how important it actually is for your health so I'm just going to get into it this is probably going to be quite a long one so you know get a cup of tea get something get um a snack or something or listen to this when you're doing something because I think it'll be a little bit of a while but it's going to be so interesting and you're going to love it I really hope so anyway so let's just get into it so this is this book was written by Matthew Walker Why We Sleep an international bestseller and I would really recommend that you read it if not um listen to this podcast and you'll probably get majority of what he was saying but there's a lot of different scientific research in there which is really fascinating so please give it a read if you enjoy this podcast so first of all more than a third of adults in many developed countries fail to obtain the recommended seven to nine hours of sleep every night and routinely sleeping less than six hours a night weakens your immune system and substantially increases your risk of cancer and Alzheimer's disease and many different other chronic diseases. So, you know, from reading this book, I've really learned the foundations of sleep and its importance for your health. And I've always known that, you know, if you don't sleep, there's it's a massive problem for your health. But I didn't quite understand the momentous issue of people that do not sleep and how much it can affect your health so it's basically like the grounding blocks for everything 
so if you're not sleeping you know you can kind of do all the nutrition all the, all these things and it doesn't make just as big an impact as it could do if you were sleeping eight nine hours seven eight nine hours so the the recommended amount of sleep for all adults is seven eight nine hours so within that range you are good but any less than that then we start to see health complications and you know issues for our health and for our future health so just moderate reductions in sleep just for one week disrupts blood sugar levels so profoundly that you would be classified as pre-diabetic and due to the society that we live in just now pre-diabetes is a epidemic um but it's it's not commonly known and a lot of people don't know they have pre-diabetes because it's obviously not diagnosed it's just the pre-state before you get diabetes and many people can live in that state for a really long time and this is solely due to the effect of food on our blood sugar and our insulin and the way our body processes that so just with that alone but actually chronic sleep deprivation causes just even not even chronic just with one week in moderate sleep reductions causes this blood sugar disruption so if you that doesn't show you how important sleep is for so many and honestly every function in the body has this type of drastic impact on um, just moderate reductions in sleep so short, short sleeping short <laughs> short sleeping increases the risk of cardiovascular disease stroke heart failure and major psychiatric conditions including depression anxiety and su- suicidality so this chronic sleep depression as we'll learn as well is so intrinsically linked to psychiatric conditions like depression and anxiety and it's actually one of the arguments that he makes that is causing such horrific levels of depression and anxiety and other type of psychiatric disorders to be so common within teenagers today teenagers and children today and I'll go into that but it's a very very interesting thing he even talks about ADHD and autism and how this can be caused or incredibly linked to chronic sleep deprivation so there's a lot of upcoming research about this but it's fascinating and it's so it's so incredible how intrinsically linked chronic sleep deprivation is um, towards every type of function in the body and the brain so too little sleep it actually as well increases the concentration of ghrelin so this is a hunger hormone so this is the only hormone that you actually have in your body fun fact that increases your hunger so this is this hormone is solely responsible for making you feel hungry so when this hormone is increased is is, is increased it makes you feel hungry but it also suppresses leptin which decreases satiety so it makes you feel less full and chronic sleep deprivation or even just one night of less sleep makes you hungrier and less satiated which means you're more likely to eat more and um not feel satisfied by what you do eat and also you're more likely to eat foods rich in toxic fats and refined sugars so you're really um triggered by impulsivity instead of really good nutritional food that your body craves um it's the perfect recipe for weight gain and obesity in sleep deprived adults and it's actually one of the reasons why obesity is such a prevalent issue today and even if you're kind of sleeping less or if you have chronic sleep deprivation or insomnia or any other type of sleep issue if you're going on a diet you know it's actually mostly futile because the diet that or the weight that you lose from um 
going on a diet when sleep deprived actually comes from lean body mass instead of fat so it comes from your muscle mass and if you know much about that we do not want to lose any type of muscle mass we do not want to lose it muscle is incredibly important for your health for your metabolism for your overall well-being and we do not want to lose muscle we only want to gain it so that's insane that sleep deprivation you know it takes even if you're losing weight you might be losing it from actual protein and muscle instead of actual extored fat that we do not actually need so the less you sleep in in overall the shorter your lifespan and that is a a really established link in today's research in today's science and it is quite startling every type of sleep deprivation is been linked to some sort of chronic disease in some way shape or form and has been linked to a shorter life so if you want to live a long time you can start by sleeping seven to nine hours a night and obviously this isn't as easy for some people but a lot of people that do not sleep well it's because you don't give yourself enough sleep opportunity so you don't go to bed within a good period of time for you to actually fall asleep and then get seven to nine hours of sleep that night so this is the big issue and if I want to kind of communicate to you the importance of sleep so that you can give yourself that right amount of sleep opportunity every single night and therefore receive the right amount of sleep and obviously it's not as easy as that for a lot of people there is a lot of people with insomnia narcolepsy Um, there's a lot of different sleep disorders that a lot of people have today um, that need actually psychological therapy Um, but if you aren't suffering with one of these things or you feel you might be but you just aren't giving yourself enough sleep opportunity try doing that to to try and um, prevent these health complications from just the lack of sleep um, and you can maximize your health with sleeping seven to nine hours a night there's no organ tissue or cell that isn't optimally enhanced by sleep so we receive a bounty of health benefits every night that we sleep sufficiently um, every single night sleep is just a replenishment of every single organ tissue and cell in your body and every single thing that is, is in your body is enhanced by sleep and, and you know that's enough for anyone to feel powerful enough about sleeping the right amount every single night so oh my gosh this boy's trying to ruin my podcast here on a motorbike. Anyway, so um, within the brain, sleep enrich- enriches a diversity of functions. So memory, the ability to learn and make logical decisions and choices. Sleep recalibrates our emotional health and allows us to navigate emotional decisions and situations with ease the next day. So you often find if you're sleep deprived that you um, struggle to make emotional enriched decisions so emotions that are run high you might really struggle with that the next day whereas if you are um sleep you have a lot of sleep if you slept enough the night before you're able to actually um, process your emotions effectively and quickly in stressful situations and actually make helpful decisions um and that is something that is incredibly um decreased when we don't sleep enough so I'll tell you right now what adequate 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 sleep provides so number one it replenishes our immune system so it prevents infection and wards many sick wards many sicknesses away from the body so if you're not sleeping every single night you can bet 100% that your immune system is down and you are susceptible to infection and disease and that might be a hard thing for some of you to hear 
but it's sheer and artifactual information and it should be your utmost priority to get, try and get as much sleep as you possibly can. It reforms the body's metabolic state, so it fine-tunes the balance of insulin and glucose, so the homeostasis within the body is incredibly important. It plays a role in preventing diabetes, metabolic syndrome and weight fluctuations. So again, diabetes is a massive issue today, a chronic, chronic, chronic complication with our ill health today that we need to fix and diabetes and sleep are intrinsically linked. It regulates our appetite, so helps to control our body weight through healthy food selection rather than through impulsivity. Like I said before, you're more likely to make snap decisions and quick choices with your food that may not benefit your health. It increases a flourishing microbiome, so we're all health are, are showing to begin. Fitness of the cardiovascular system, so if you haven't heard... I think I've told, I think I've spoke about this before in the podcast. I've also written a blog post about this, but your cardiovascular system and cardiovascular diseases of its many forms are the number one killer globally today, and for quite a few years running. So cardiovascular diseases and its many forms kills the majority of people today. Let that sink in. Listen to that again. Um, so the what you can be doing today to increase your cardiovascular health and the fitness of your cardiovascular system will really benefit you with longevity and overall health today as we're so prone it seems to cardiovascular issues in today's society in today's um functioning and the way that we are today we, uh, we it seems to be really problematic for our heart so the physical impairment caused of just one night of poor sleep trump those caused by the equivalent absence or food of exercise Sleep is the single most effective thing we can do to enrich our health. And that is massive. You know, it's a massive statement to make. But it seems to be one that is completely and utterly accurate. You know, if we don't sleep enough, our food, we cannot receive nutrients from our food. We cannot, our bodies are not functioning optimally. So how can we then use the nutrition from our food and from the water that we drink and the hydration and from the exercise to our benefit? Sleep really is the foundation of our health and all these other things that are essentially important like nutrition and um I about said sleep again and water and exercise all these things that are fundamental mental well-being are are not um sustained without sleep so another kind of interesting thing I don't know what you might be but if you're a night owl or a morning person or if you're in between I would say I'm in between so if you don't really know I'm talking about night owls or people that like to go to bed late and wake up late and morning people like to go to bed early and wake up early and then people in between tend to um, they don't really mind and I'm definitely in that category I'm definitely in between I don't really I'm not I don't ever like to go to bed late so like the latest I want to go to bed is 12 and then like the latest I want to wake up in the morning is like 10 um, and then obviously we have night out so people that go to bed like one two three four in the morning and wake up later and then people in the, the in the morning that like to wake up in the morning and go to bed early so you'll know what type of person you are but morning people tend to be 40 percent of the population night owls are 30 percent of the population in between are 30 percent of the population and there is a highly genetic component to this so you're, what your parents are you'll probably also be that as well um and it's so interesting because night owls, as the the saying goes, are incapable of falling asleep early at night, no matter how hard they try. So this 
This idea is actually genetically programmed inside the brains of night owls and it's not a choice. Just as the same as morning people, they cannot go sleep later or they cannot go to bed late. It is genetically programmed within your brain and it's nothing you can do about it. And it's crazy because the society that we live in today treat people that get up late or that go to bed early such a way that they literally are treated as um, unproductive, lazy, um, you know, not successful, all of these things. And it's absolutely ridiculous that people actually think that because it's literally genetically programmed within our bodies to do this. Um, and it's really, really important that we see it that way because it's it's just crazy like how our society really treats people today um when it's completely and utterly out with people's control and night owls so are discriminated against in today's society as it favors early start times for work and school this perpetrates the idea of sleep deprivation so night owls show a significant increase in chronic diseases due to sleep deprivation more so than morning people or in between types so their cocainian rhythms is naturally later and it's actually similar to teenagers so as a child you obviously go to bed earlier and then as a teenager you obviously feel like you want to go to bed later and it's really interesting because um this is actually another biological purpose in the body these curcanium rhythms um are naturally later in adults and teenagers because in the early morning, so in the early morning start start times for school and also work result in sleep deprived teenagers and obviously teenagers want to go to bed late, they physically cannot go to bed early and then they have to wake up early for school which means they're having a less uh, wide sleep potential window which means they're not getting enough sleep and then sleep deprivation leads to these complications in memory and mental health resulting in an increase in depression anxiety and inability to work and function throughout the day at school or get good grades so it really is an epidemic where um, night owls and teenagers are um, really suffering from sleep deprivation and the impacts that that has on our brain and bodies so Another type of evidence that the the book and Matthew Matthew Walker talks about is science done on cabin crews. So the parts of the brain in these ki- in these cabin crews that they studied were related to remembering and learning had actually shrunk. So it, this meant that the destruction of brain cells from stress of changing time zones, the sleep was altered and their short-term memory was also significantly impaired. They were considerably more forgetful, including higher rates of cancer and type 2 diabetes. And, you know, that's crazy. Like, no one really talks about that. And I'm not sure anyone talks about that in relation to getting those types of jobs. And it just shows you the importance of sleep and the the impairment of your body and your health over the long term of sleep deprivation and the type of jobs that enforce that. Um, it's, it's very, very, very interesting. And it's very similar with the effects of caffeine. Obviously, everyone knows about caffeine and its impact on sleep. And of, of course, some people feel it more than others. But the longer... So this is basically... Um, based on the longer that you're awake there more of a hormone called adenosine that accumulates so this basically um, allows you to tell your body how long you've been awake for and when you need to fall asleep and then caffeine actually mutes this accumulation um, which prevents 
sleep and this is the, this is the problem with caffeine so if you have one caffeine caffeine one coffee or something like that or like the fizzy juice which is worse um a day actually prevents its accumulation and it tricks your body into thinking you've been awake less and it mutes it and it causes this problem with sleep so it makes and obviously the caffeine makes you more alert and awake so caffeine is the most widely used and abused psychoactive stimulant in the world um, before any other drugs and caffeine has an average life of five to seven hours in the bloodstream so if we put this into practice so let's say you've had a coffee around 7 30 p.m tonight okay this means that by 1 30 a.m in the morning only 15 percent 50 sorry 50 percent of that caffeine may still be active and circulating through your brain altering your sleep and in, which induces wakefulness and that's how crazy is that that is so crazy to me that um you know you're just by having one coffee at half past seven o'clock at night you are altering that that your actual sleep until one thirty, even later than that in the morning and this can result in um you know wakefulness throughout the night not smooth sleep you might be up and down it's just an absolute nightmare and it's not worth the coffee <laughs> anyway um so we have like a sleep structure you've obviously heard of deep sleep rem sleep so this is dream sleep and light light sleep and things like that we have um lots of different forms of sleep that come up through the night so deep sleep is in the first half of the night it's very important for memory to move short-term memories to long-term memories where it's more permanent site so it can be stored and used as useful information and we have rem sleep so the dream sleep which is in the second half of the night where the brain is actually 30 percent more active than in wakefulness so your brain is more active than you what was when you were actually awake and you're actually completely paralyzed in this stage of sleep so if you say if you came across someone that was in rem sleep you, you would think like their body would be dead just like a, a limp person and i didn't know that and i thought it was so interesting and this is really important in actually the evolution of human beings so monkeys of course used to sleep in trees to protect themselves from predators or little bugs and things like that and obviously we know the process of evolution from monkeys and apes to humans um but this actually limited the time available in rem sleep as the monkey's body was completely paralyzed during this phase so like i just said in rem sleep your body is paralyzed so the monkeys would sleep in trees and actually limited their amount of time that they could sleep in in rem sleep due to the fact that their bodies were paralyzed and obviously if they um were in a tree and then they were you know they were in rem sleep and they're paralyzed for a long time they might fall out the tree and, and die and um, because their body was paralyzed and couldn't tense their muscles that so the next evolution of kind of a monkey and the more so towards human was the homo erectus monkey and this evolved as we were able to stand and walk and sleep on the ground as they began to use fire to protect themselves from um, other predators and other bugs that could have um, gave them illnesses and things like that so this actually resulted in us sleeping less but an increase in sleep intensity especially the amount of rem sleep so this increase in REM sleep is the single most important reason humans were able to evolve into what we are today. And this is so fascinating to me. I don't know what you think, but this is so incredibly imp- important and very interesting. 
REM sleep is essential in emotional development, our degree of social cultural complexity increased and our cognitive intelligence was able to evolve. And REM sleep and dreaming itself lubricates both of these human traits. So REM, you can argue that this is what sets us apart from every other animal species, REM sleep and its ability to evolve the human species in a brain emotional way. So our emotional um, development that came from REM sleep and the increased intensity and duration of REM sleep was the ability to emotionally cope with surroundings, evolve, became more intelligent and become more social cultural species and this is the reason why we have evolved into the human beings that we are today and this is seen because of chimpanzees so our nearest primates have lived roughly 5 million years longer than we have and apes precede us by at least 10 million years yet they have not evolved to the near level of emotional and physiological intelligence that we have and it's, it's, this is interesting, this is so fascinating to me. The REM sleep is most abundant in the womb of the child. So when, when the child's in the womb and is growing, this, this is the time when the human being goes under such intense emotional brain development. And this is also the most, um, the most type of REM sleep that you will ever receive. The, the child obviously is sleeping all the time and it spends a lot a lot of hours in REM sleep developing emotional intelligence and the brain and there's also lots of interesting things about autism and REM sleep so that the REM sleep is actually impaired in people that are autistic and they don't know if the REM sleep actually impair is impaired because of the autism or if the autism impairs the REM sleep but obviously this could be due to the emotional um complications that people with autism um, suffer from every single day and that that is so fascinating to me I love the evolution part of that book it was so interesting um, and it's so incredible that REM sleep and dreaming was the like fundamental evolution of human beings it's it's absolutely fascinating to me so Next, we have the benefits of sleep for the brain. So we've got the night before learning. So if you listen up, if you are in uni or if you're at school or if you have to do anything where you want to learn and um, memorize something. So the night before learning, it refreshes our ability to make new memories and learn new things and solidify them. The night after learning, sleep protects the newly required information and moves it from your short-term memory into your long-term memory. So this is why cramming or doing an all-nighter for an exam will never work and it is always an absolute waste of time. And this is also why looking at stuff or um, make, not looking at stuff, but um, creating new memories just before before you sleep and so say the morning of the exam is, is not important you're not going to learn it because you need to sleep to actually solidify these memories and organize them in your brain so that you can use them again it's so interesting and it's such a great thing to know and to tell you about so you don't waste time and your precious precious sleep that you need the next day um, cramming for something that isn't even going you're not even going to remember so we've also got sleep to forget so of course um we have to um, forget th- forgetfulness is also an important part of the human well-being and this sounds strange but you know we can't remember every single thing we ever seen or every, every single thing we ever witnessed or came across because a lot of that information that we see every single day is irrelevant and not important for our survival or our emotional health or mental health or physical health 
So the brain selectively chooses what we should remember and what we shouldn't remember. Um, And this is a lot to do with how you feel about things and also what you find important. But it deletes stores memories that we no longer need and organises memories and makes it easier for us to retrieve information. Also, sleep and performance are, of course, intrinsically linked. Improvements in motor memory and muscle memory in um, athletes and their performance is incredibly increased after a good night of sleep. And, of course, sleep for creativity. So, impressive problem-solving abilities with sleep, um, our ability to dream, our imagination, all of these things are are very much um, impressively improved by sleeping. Um, sleep deprivation is a massive issue today absolute number one causing many many problems especially with our health but also with things like um, car accidents things that that need a lot of concentration if you're after being awake for 19 hours people who were sleep deprived were actually as cognitively impaired as those who were legally drunk so driving while sleep deprived is actually worse than driving drunk and let like let that sit in because that is crazy you know if you fall asleep at the wheel you are have no skills let alone um where you're drunk you are just delayed your reactions are delayed but you're not you don't have absolutely no responses so that he talks in the book a lot about car accidents and the um crazy um statistics from um, oh, I have one here. So less than four hours of sleep um, equals 11.5 times more likely to have a car accident. Um, and that, that is crazy. And it is, there is even more so, you know, when you have even just a little bit less, so like six and a half hours of sleep, even then you're more likely to have a car accident. It is absolutely incredible. But, you know, it, it tells lots of stories about horrible ways in which people have died because of someone's being sleep deprived so if you are sleep deprived please do not get in your car or at least take an hour off of driving or something like that because honestly the um the statistics from sleep deprivation and car accidents is unbelievable people who are sleep deprived are irritable and they're they have their aggression their aggression they're aggressive they are linked to bullying and behavior problems in adults and children And there is absolutely no psychiatric condition where sleep is normal. And that is crazy as well. Every single thing, anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, all type of psychiatric conditions that you can think of are all impaired, have all impaired sleep. Um, So that is, that's definitely something to be noted. Um, Then I'm going to, I'm going to talk about diabetes and weight gain. So sleep deprived people are 40% less effective absorbing a standard dose of glucose compared to when fully rested so you know that that's a a crazy concept as well um and um we when we need we need sleep in every way shape or form and for diabetes for metabolic syndrome to be able to be um actually process our food and if you cannot um, absorb glucose sorry if you have an issue with glucose absorption and insulin this also results in weight gain and of course like I said earlier people are hungrier and less satisfied when sleep deprived and they're more likely to eat and not feel full so they eat more foods rich in sugar and fat when sleep deprived um, a, a study that they did where individuals ate 300 calories more each day which resulted in a thousand calories extra compared to when they were getting a full night of sleep um, so when you don't sleep as much, you eat more and you don't feel as satisfied and you're more likely to eat unhealthy foods. And if you scale this up in the, in the terms of the experiment, 
that up to one year that is an extra 70,000 extra calories so 10 to 15 pounds of weight gain each year um, so chronic chronic sleep depression and obesity are two incredibly linked issues and are um, a major area to, to figure when thinking about obesity. Um, sleep loss and the immune system, I've already touched about this a little bit as well, but your body actually tries to sleep itself well and it will do that in every illness that you might see that you have. In any type of infection, you'll always notice that you feel more tired and that your body urges you to sleep. And that's because an intimate and bi-directional association exists between sleep and the immune system. So reduce sleep for just one night and the immune system is incredibly impaired. So less than five hours of sleep or five to six hours or six to seven hours. There's a clear linear relationship with infection rate. Um, they did a research on the cold virus, so five hours on average um, of sleep, there was a 50% infection rate, and a seven, people that were sleeping seven to eight hours, there was only 18% infection rate, so you can see just a drastic difference in just a few hours extra sleep that night before. Natural killer cells are needed to fight infection, they're really important white blood cell, with white blood cells, and they are incredibly impaired with sleep deprivation, which may be the case of these incredible... Um, uh, infection rate differences. REM sleep is definitely the kind of the the crazy one in all of this. There's is a really really interesting um, form of sleep and what goes on in REM sleep. It's, it's very interesting. Thirty five to fifty five percent of emotional themes and concerns that participants were having while awake resurfaced during the night. So I kind of took from this a really interesting kind of thing. So emotional concerns carry on from day to night. So can dreams actually help us uncode out our, our emotions? So particularly when we cannot understand them or feel them ourselves. So can we actually use our dreams to understand our emotions during the day? And he talks about emotions and um, dreams in a therapy. Dreams has been therapy. So if you um, struggle with emotional, um, uh, what's the word? regulation you can actually write down your dreams in the morning when you remember them and you can use them as therapy to try and understand your emotion during the day and it is fascinating and there's a lot more about that in the book but it's um it's, it's quite a lot to to um communicate in a way that is effective it's very very interesting um emotional concerns uh it's it's so it's just so incredibly interesting um dreaming also reduces painful memories so um when you have traumatic experience the sleeping actually takes away the painful the painful emotion associated with those traumatic experiences as um so say when you remember a traumatic experience you don't sit and you're not bawling your eyes out and like having the same emotion that you did then dreaming takes that away but you still remember the emotion and what you what you felt like but you don't relive it and that's what dreaming does for us REM sleep also inspires creativity, as I said, and more REM sleep in children. Um, so from obviously from birth and also when you're in the womb to, to a child and into adolescence, you need more REM sleep and they learn faster. This is why they learn faster and why it's easier for children to learn two languages um, and all of these things. Um, and then he also asked the question of, is sleeping nine hours too much? So, of course, anything in excess is too much. Um, and there's there's so many different things that are, are really negative for your health. And I think that if you're sleeping seven to nine hours, that is absolutely perfect. But I don't think sleeping any more than nine hours, so I think ten hours and things like that, 
if you need to sleep that amount but if you're sleeping regularly 10 hours plus there might be an issue with your quality of your sleep and why you're sleeping longer but I wouldn't worry about it too much there's no definitive definitive evidence that sleeping more than nine hours is incredibly detrimental to your health but if you're sleeping an obnoxious amount there might be a real issue there and I want to talk to you about ways in which we can improve our sleep I think I have 12 steps here that he provides us with and I can put um, a picture of this or I can write it in the description for you all so you can take it and really use it to implement your sleep here I've got the book let's do some ASMR Ooh, that's nice anyway <laughs> so I'm gonna read this off the book so 12 tips for healthy sleep so one okay so stick to sleep schedule so if you're struggling to sleep the one ways that you suggest to do so is sleep go to bed at a specific time and wake up at a specific time and give yourself enough opportunity to actually um sleep and sleep well so go to bed and wake up at the same time each day as creatures of habit people have a hard time adjusting to changes in sleep patterns sleeping later on weekends won't fully make up for a lack of sleep during the week and will make it harder to wake up early on a monday morning set an alarm for bedtime often we see an alarm for when it's time to wake up but fail to do so for when it's time to go to sleep if there is only one piece of advice you remember and take from these 12 steps this should be it so if you struggle from sleep i don't struggle with sleep at all so but i I tend i actually do tend to go to sleep at the same time and wake up roughly at the same time each day it doesn't like differ drastically um and that is maybe something that everyone should take on exercise is great number two but not too late in the day try to exercise at least 30 minutes on most days but not later than two to three hours before your bedtime and this is due to the increase in temperature in your body when you exercise later on we need to drop there's a drop in our body temperature when we need to go to sleep and it's very difficult for your body to do this after exercise three avoid caffeine and nicotine coffee certainties chocolate contain the stimulant caffeine and its effect effects can take as long as eight hours to wear off fully therefore a cup of coffee in the late afternoon can make it hard for you to fall asleep at night nicotine is also a stimulant often causes smokers to sleep only very lightly in addition smokers often wake up too early in the morning because of nicotine withdrawal number four avoid alcoholic drinks before bed so having a nightcap or alcoholic beverage before sleep may help you to relax but heavy use robs you of rem sleep keeping you in a lighter state of sleep Heavy alcohol ingestion also may contribute to impairment in breathing at night. You also tend to wake up in the middle of the night when the effects of alcohol have worn off. So again, avoid alcohol. I would actually argue to avoid it majority of the time. Um, and from all health, not just sleep. Um, but you do you, but try and avoid it before bed um, or try and moderate your alcohol consumption. Number five, avoid large meals and beverages late at night. And light snack is okay, but a large meal can cause indigestion, which interferes with sleep. Drinking too many fluids at night can frequent awakening awakenings to urinate. And obviously this one's a little bit self-explanatory. Number six, if possible, avoid medicines that delay or disrupt your sleep. Some commonly prescribed heart, blood pressure or asthma medications, as well as some over-the-counter and herbal medicines for coughs, colds or allergies can disrupt sleep patterns. If you have trouble sleeping, talk to your healthcare provider or pharmacist to see whether any drugs you're taking might be contributing to your insomnia and ask whether they can be taken at other times during the day or early in the evening. This is great. I'm just reading what he says because I think I think his um the way he writes and also these tips are just amazing and I don't want to change them in any way, shape or form. 
Number seven, don't take naps after three. Naps can help, 3 p.m., sorry. Naps can help make up for lost sleep, but late afternoon naps can make it harder to fall asleep at night. He is definitely not against naps, by the way. He loves, that's actually the way we should technically sleep is um, a small, a 30 minute, 40 minute nap in the afternoon, but not past 3 p.m. Eight, relax before bed. Don't overschedule your day so that no time is left for unwinding. A relaxing activity such as reading or listening to music should be part of your bedtime ritual. Number nine, take a hot bath before bed. This drop in body temperature after getting out of a bath may help you feel sleepy and the bath can help you relax and slow down so you're more ready to sleep. 10. A dark bedroom, cool bedroom, gadget-free bedroom. Get rid of anything in your bedroom that may distract you from sleep, such as noises, bright lights, and uncomfortable bed or warm temperatures. Temperatures. You sleep better if the temperature in the room is kept on cool side. A TV, cell, phone, or TV or computer in the bedroom can be distraction and deprive you of needed sleep. Having a comfortable mattress and pillow can help promote a good night's sleep. Individuals who have insomnia over often watch the clock. Turn the clock's face out of view so you don't worry about the time when you're trying to fall asleep. So I've actually got something to say here as well. The blue light that's in your phones and laptops and also in the sunlight um, stops the melatonin from being reduced reduced um late afternoon which makes you feel tired later on so what you can do about this is there is if you have an iphone i'm not sure what you can do about android but they probably have that as well you can go onto your phone and you go onto um uh it's like it's in your settings and you can put the phone on night shift mode and you can put it on from sunset to sunrise and i do this on my laptop and my phone and it's really great because you can you can do that and it it basically turns the light on your phone to warmer tones so your phone looks a little bit more orangey and by doing this you're actually taking away the blue light in your phones which reduces your melatonin which makes you feel tired which is really necessary for your sleep and for natural sleep occurrence so when you do this you are taking that away and I've done that and it actually makes me feel more tired later on at night so please do that it's so so great um but if you struggle with feeling tired during the day make sure you're getting lots of blue light so from you can use that from your laptop or your phone or just from outside have a look outside um and that's a great way to do that but please do that because it, it, it really helps with your sleep especially if your struggles with your sleep um and the, this blue light is really bad for your eyes anyway so um yes Number 11, have the right sunlight exposure. Is he just going to say this? Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Daylight is key to regulating daily sleep patterns. Try to get outside in natural sunlight for at least 30 minutes each day. If possible, wake up with the sun or use very bright lights in the morning. Sleep experts recommend that. If you have problems falling asleep, you should get an hour of exposure to morning sunlight and turn down the lights before bedtime. Crazy. I literally just predicted what he was going to (laughs) say so the 12 number the last one don't lie in bed awake if you find yourself still awake after staying in bed for more than 20 minutes or if you are starting to feel anxious or worried get up and do some relaxing activity until you feel sleepy the anxiety of not being able to sleep can make you make it harder to fall asleep so yeah i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to put these that in the description so you guys can screenshot it or take your own notes from it because I know sleep is such a massive problem and I know many people that struggle with sleep and sleeping effectively so yeah I really hope you enjoyed that podcast I really love that book and please if you would love to read it I'll put a link in there because it's such a fantastic book 
um and i think you should everyone should read that book it's so interesting it's it's actually very um it's a very well well recognized book um but yeah i really enjoy this podcast and next week i will have jacob god willing i think that'll be so interesting to talk about the iron man with everyone on here so stay tuned for that thank you guys so much for listening i appreciate every single one of you that listen if you would like to get in talk and in, in, if you'd like to get in contact with me please do message me on instagram facebook you can email me i'll put it in there um anything you would like to say anything at all i would love to hear from you even if you just want to chat please do message me thank you so much for listening guys and i'll see you guys next week bye